Hi, I'm Stu Baca, and I'm a Gen X grown-up, and I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon, and you should too at patreon.com slash Gen X grown-up. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listener to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. The backtrack edition is the episode where we pick a single nostalgic topic from our youth and look back fondly on it and dig in deep. I am John. Joining me as always is my friend and co-host George. Hey, how's it going guys? And Mo. Hey everybody. We are looking back on the Battle of the Network Stars, that <laughs> phenomenon that could only have happened <laughs> in our era growing up yeah. as Gen Xers. Uh, before we get into that, I want to quickly do what is always my favorite part of the show which is to read some fourth listener email. And this episode, the fourth listener email is from Tim. And Tim writes in to say, hi, fellas. Hey, fellas. <laughs> Howdy, cowpoke. <laughs> First, I found you from meeting you at 2018 Dragon Con in Atlanta. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. I am so glad I did. This has oh. become my favorite and most listened to podcast. Holy wow. So much that you, yeah, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so much that you talk about brings back so many memories and things I haven't even thought about in so long. I forgot how great growing up in the 80s was. Three exclamation points. All right. <laughs> he feels it. I kind of feel sad for my daughter, now 10, growing up today. Oh, <laughs> Tim, don't be sad. You got to instill her with all the cool Gen X stuff that we had growing up. Up. That's what we do. Force our kids to play D&D, &D, all that good stuff. You can do it. <laughs> Whether they like it or not. <laughs> That's right. Screw soccer. Play D&D. &D. Uh, yes, you absolutely. Homework? Did you roll your dice yet? Damn it. Hurry up. <laughs> Tim continues, anyway, to the meat of why I'm emailing you. I had a good time listening to you talking about Turtles and Tower Records. He's talking about the oh, podcast yeah. oh, right. on uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gen X platforms, right? All the cassettes yeah. and stuff. I am from the Atlanta area. We had Turtles here, but we also had Oz records and tapes. Hmm. Oh, okay. okay. I don't know if you had one of those where you are, nope. but they were pretty awesome. No, never, we didn't have Oz where I was at. No, me, mm, neither. me neither. The store was decorated in a Wizard of Oz theme. Oh my God. And the part I always enjoyed <laughs> was that they had a counter in the, this is my favorite part of his email. Listen to this. <laughs> they had a counter in the back where they would keep the more valuable tapes and records. When you picked one out, the guy would then put it in this basket. They would hang the basket on a flying monkey attached to a zip line <laughs> hanging from the ceiling and shoot it up to the front checkout counter oh to wait for you when you were ready to bring the rest of your items up. That sounds like wow. like Hooters at one point. They The waitresses would take your order and they would have those long zip lines with the little clips on them. They would stick your order on the zip line and throw it into the kitchen. That was like really? their whole way. I yeah. remember that. It was no flying monkeys. monkeys okay. so. Yeah. No flying monkeys, just flying Hooters. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my he God. says, I guess this helped keep down on theft. It was a good idea, but it was just super entertaining to me as a kid to see this flying monkey zoom back and forth overhead, carrying cassette tapes to the register. Good times. <laughs> thanks, Tim in Atlanta. I actually feel kind of deprived. I know. Why did I not have <laughs> I a have store that had monkeys. a flying monkey? Yeah. yeah wow. but how frustrated would you get, though? You walk up to one counter and you're like, here, I would like to purchase this. And then they send it all the way across the store. Now you got to walk all the way down the other side of the store just to go purchase your stuff when you already walked up 
up to a counter. George, you're missing the point. It's a flying yeah. monkey. Okay, exactly. fair who, enough. Who cares what <laughs> yeah. other inconvenience is introduced? It's a flying monkey in a store. I say that trumps all inconvenience. It's absolutely worthwhile. At best, it's only a minor inconvenience. <laughs> yes, right. It's <laughs> easily offset by the joy of the flying monkey. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's awesome. Tim, I'm glad we met in Atlanta at Dragon Con, and I'm glad that you're enjoying the show, and especially glad, as a fourth listener, you took the time to write in to the show. If you're listening and have something you would like to talk to us about or comment on our previous show, you know how to hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com, and we'll read your email right here on the show. Awesome. But now I think it's time to get into Battle of the Network Stars, gentlemen. Da, 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 da. Let's do it. And so the battle lines are drawn. The network captains have collected their troops. The scene of combat right there. Malibu Beach, California. The campus of Pepperdine University. High above the Pacific. The majestic sweep and roll of the ocean reflects in its own way the manner in which the contestants are getting ready. Have you ever wondered what it would be like if Toy Story was a slasher? What if Peter Pan required a sacrifice to get into Neverland? The Dusk County Chronicles, the first official release from Metal Ninja Studios, is set for release in mid-2019. It's a horror parody mini-anthology that takes your favorite childhood stories and dreams and twists them into nightmares. This comic is perfect for anyone who loves reliving the stories of their youth while also seeing them in a new light. Visit MetalNinjaStudios.com slash GenXGrownUp to read the first two stories and sign up to get notified first when the comic comes out in mid-2019. As we're looking back here on the Battle of the Network Stars, it's very possible that we have some non-Generation Xers listening. So I think we should start at least by explaining the basic premise yeah. of what the hell this was. As silly All as it was. nuclear war. <laughs> <laughs> it was essentially, it was Celebrity Olympics, kind of. Right. right? So it, it, it was celebrities you saw on TV shows. Who may or may not be athletes. Yeah, yes. Mostly. Not. Brutally not athletes sometimes. <laughs> uh, and they would assemble a small collection of, and like A and B listers sometimes, or either stars and sometimes secondary characters of like teams of seven or nine people. And they would compete representing their network. Right. That was the most key part. It was like the network versus network. Yeah. And it was, it was, they would do basic, almost Olympic-y things, you know, swimming and kayaking, volleyball, tennis, yeah. golf, whatever, whatever it may be. And they would get points and it was a survival of the fittest kind of thing. And somebody would win at the end. And these were just specials that would run. But, and we'll get into a lot more of the detail of that. But I want to first make sure we know what we're talking about if you haven't seen it. If you've seen it, you've never forgotten it. But if you haven't, no. the important thing, I think, before we get into this is to understand why it was a big deal like, and, and right. what was the environment in which it came about. Uh, now, I think, George, you mentioned a little bit when we were talking before the show, we started recording, is the whole big deal of it was like, there were these three monolithic networks. You had ABC, sure. CBS, and NBC. Yep. And that was it. And yeah. you had PBS, the little baby network that nobody right. really they paid attention count. to. Right. Yeah. It was Sesame Street. Exactly. <laughs> Unless right. it was Sesame Street or Doctor Who, nobody cared. <laughs> sure. And there was no crossing of the streams with these. They were solo things. And you never saw somebody on CBS promoting something on NBC. But there was really stiff competition between the two because each one was trying to grab that time slot for that day, you know? And so they were 
pop constantly going against each other. And and also that's all there was. You had yeah. these three networks. There was no Netflix. There was no Hulu. There was no Amazon Prime internet. stuff. <laughs> no there's internet. nothing of that. There was no DVR. So you really, really, everyone was invested in these shows. You knew the shows. You knew the actors. You knew the characters because there literally that was the limited TV entertainment there was. And people watched it on appointment. Everybody yeah. watched the whatever show was on Tuesday night and talked about it around the water cooler, you know, on Wednesday morning because that was the only time you could see it. Hey, shameless plug. We did a whole backtrack on TV Guide. We absolutely did. That's that, right. That, when that, the appointment that TV was a topic. So, you know. So with these three major networks that everybody watched, watched and everybody knew. So how big of a deal was it that they were working together on this weird new thing that was showing up during sweeps? I mean, it was completely revolutionary. When you think about it, the networks were so embroiled in the battles and the rivals. And I don't mean battles like in Battle of the Network Stars. I mean, the ratings battles, right? They were, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whose yep. episode on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. could outdo whoever else's episode. And there was big things about like, well, CBS owns Tuesday nights and ABC owns Friday nights. And oh, so yeah. On ABC owns Thursday. And so there was this really serious competition, not just amongst the networks themselves, but with the fans of the shows. Like if you watched a specific show on a specific day and time and somebody else watched a different show, it was almost your mission to convert them over to your show because like what? You don't watch the Hulk on Thursday nights at eight o'clock? What are you crazy? Let me tell you how awesome it is. You couldn't really watch both shows. You kind of had to pick because pre-VCR, you literally, unless you picked up on that show during reruns or something, you either yeah, watched one you or the were other. so far behind, you know, you were like yeah. the lame oh, yeah. person talking about, oh, did you see that episode that actually aired six months ago? And everybody look at you at the water cooler like, what are you talking <laughs> about, dude? That's crazy. Yep. We ta- we already talked about that. Now, so it was huge that then they took this idea. Well, let's have all this competition that we're doing behind the camera. Let's put it in front of the camera. And that's really what translated so well, because these people on these different networks, even though they were all happy-go-lucky and smiling and, oh, we're a California actor and actress and we're <laughs> having so much fun. You could tell when they did the events, they were really giving it their all. They really <laughs> wanted to win for their show, their network, oh, yeah. their own pride. It was almost like college football is right now. Like professional football, I know there's a lot of fans of that and everything, but that, that's a good football, parallel. Yeah. You know, it's you bleed for your school when it comes to there's college There's an inherent football. built-in competitiveness just because you happen to be on that team. I'm using air quotes, which works so well on podcasts. But right. you're, you're on that <laughs> squad automatically. So when you're asked to represent, you're representing ABC here. Sure. That's your alma mater, right? That's yeah. your that's your college or whatever, right? So your, your team is more than just, oh, they just threw me on with these other random celebrities. You're actually representing, that's the people that sign your paycheck. That's who you represent. Yeah. You do promos for. Well, also, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they do this like during the rerun season? They did. Right? It did. Like it was it was after all the shows had already kind of aired, right? So now it was kind of the first break series when you think about it. Like now we have winter break shows and summer break shows and all that. That's mm-hmm. very common. But back then you just had reruns. This was the first thing to be new programming during that break. You're absolutely right. right. So I don't know if even in that time you could declare like who was the king. Kind of it seemed like it was like ABC and CBS. I mean ratings terms and NBC was kind of often fighting for third place. But sure. For whatever reason, ABC, they decided they would host this and everybody kind of agreed. So this show always aired on ABC, yeah, regardless. That was kind of odd actually. I thought it would rotate or something. You but, thought it would rotate, right? But it was right? their production. And I can tell you in television production, it's I'm sure is because they had the infrastructure. They had the staff and they had the, the graphics all done and they had the scene, you know. So basically it was their architecture they were building it on. ABC had something else at the time that translated 
translated very well over into the format, and that was ABC's Wide World of Sports. Yeah, I was going to say, yep. the ABC also had Howard Cosell, so yeah. <laughs> sure, <laughs> who was key for this because he he was the uh, host for a lot of the sh- episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so ABC hosted both CBS and NBC on this. So let's talk about when this thing happened. So w- this is smack dab in the middle of Gen X. So it started in uh, 1976, premiered in November 1976. Yeah. It wasn't even yearly. It was, I think I read it was about every like six or eight months or so. It kind of ran at the end of each sweeps, uh, as you mentioned, Mo. And they ran for 19 consecutive episodes and it ended in December of 1988. Yeah. I'll put his asterisk by ended. We'll talk about how it yeah. kind of- it's, The original it's series to, ended at that point. That's an important distinction to make. Like people go, 19 episodes, that's not much. You have to understand one episode was what is you would consider a season. It was the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, they only did a single, it was a single episode shot. Yeah. You saw the entire two, two and a half hour special, whatever it is, the entire event took place. And ABC treated this as, I mean, it was kind of lighthearted. It was kind of a showcase. But they treated it seriously as a competition. It wasn't like the egg race or a sack race at the <laughs> picnic. I mean, these were serious events. There were no participation trophies given out. No, 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 no. In the Battle of the Network Stars. Like, they were really going after each other. Now, I don't know if you guys went back at all and did you watch any, like, on YouTube, some throwbacks, any scenes? I watched a little bit. Yeah, I, I watched some as well. The thing that struck me was, like, they had Howard Cosell, like I said, as the announcer. And just yeah. how serious he was. Well, that was Howard Cosell. He was very rarely going to do the comedy thing. Yeah, I would say if you look today at like some of these kind of similar kind of shows or where they get cast groups like that. Right. You know, it's a little tongue in cheek. It's kind of friendly. This one though, Howard Cosell is like, oh my God, you know, Linda Carter just took a nosedive on the bubble. Oh yeah. (laughs) So I mean, (laughs) let's talk about the hosting. I mean, so first of all, again, Howard Cosell was, is just a legend in sports announcing. There's, I mean, he's, he's like the Walter Cronkite is to news uh, for for my money anyway. Like you take it like a Walter Cronkite and if he's reporting on, you know, the hacky sack tournament, he's not going to do it half-assed. He's going to do it with all the <laughs> yeah. gravitas that he has. And Howard Cosell, he he did not look at this as like, and I'm doing it on the weekend and just kind of half-assed it. He treated these like serious yeah. competitors and events, even if, George, as you pointed out, they weren't all necessarily athletic. <laughs> right. Well, and the one thing that Howard Cosell was known for at the time was his exhaustive research when preparing for an event. If he was, you know, going to be announcing a boxing event. He knew the boxers. He knew their histories. He knew where they grew up, who was around them. He was that guy. He did a lot of exhaustive research. From what I understand, he did the same thing with Battle of the Network Stars. He would research these people, what shows they were on, what they had done. So that's why I think the announcing when he hosted the episodes came off so well because he held himself above the competition a little bit. So even though he was, as Mo mentioned, a primarily an ABC sports announcer, Mm -hmm. he didn't slant his view toward ABC. He kept it right down the middle of the road. It was all about the competition. It was all about the participation. It was really Like any good sportscaster, right? He showed no personal bias. He was definitely, he was there as the MC and the guy that kind of the glue that held it together. He continued to be the host. I think there was only one of those original 19 he wasn't there for. But after the first one, he was... uh, he had co-hosts sometimes that would sometimes sit in with him. Sure. And such a range of people <laughs> as co-hosts. I mean, after he did it by himself, then later he the co-hosts he had were Bruce Jenner and OJ Simpson. <laughs> wow. The, just think how much their lives have changed <laughs> since I know. Just look at just it, it's a, this is such a snapshot of like what was going on. Uh so the next one was Coward Cosell, Telly Savalas, and Bruce mm-hmm. Jenner. Yep. Yeah. Then uh, Bruce Jenner and Suzanne Summers, <laughs> later Frank Gifford co 
co-hosted with him. Sure. Billy Crystal did it one year along yeah. with him. Because yep. he was on soap that year, I think. For whatever reason, Joyce DeWitt. Because, <laughs> you know, why not? <laughs> what a host. <laughs> Joyce DeWitt. Uh, Kathy Lee Crosby. Uh, she's a great, great hostess. Kathy Lee Crosby had to be during the That's Incredible era. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, oh, there's yeah, no question. Yeah. Aaron Gray co-hosted. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Colonel Wilma Deering. Yep. And then Lee Majors. Yeah, there you go. I was going to say Lee Majors. Oh, man. Lee yeah. Majors co-hosted. And Randy Oaks. I have no idea who that was. Anybody know who Randy Oaks was? Mm, somebody named after a tree. <laughs> <laughs> she was in chips. The list goes on and on. Morgan Fairchild, Robert Conrad, Debbie Boone, Scott Bayo, Dick Van Dyke, and Joan Van Ark one time did it when Howard Cosell wasn't there. So Howard Cosell, though, even if you had Joyce DeWitt on there, Howard Cosell just made it serious and it was an awesome competition. Yeah, yeah. just his name attached to the property made it a serious sports competition. I yep. mean, he, he was sports at that time. Right there you see Adrian Barbeau of CBS. Darren Grassley, Little House on the Prairie. And lustrous Linda Carter, the Wonder Woman. She, by the way, as she has to be in her role, a very good athlete. Let's look for the star. Beautiful start by Linda Carter. You saw that. She's quickly out in front. First lap, 25 yards. Karen Grassley holding together, and so for that matter is Adrian Barbeau. But Linda's going to complete the first lap first. Greetings, fourth listener. My name is Ferg, and I too am a grown up Gen Xer. And I have a podcast of my own called the Atari 2600 Game by Game Podcast, which, of course, is a deep dive into arc welding. No, actually, it's not. Every fortnight or thereabouts, I focus on one game for the Atari 2600 and give you all the details about it that I can in a fun and informative manner. I also take submissions from listeners who talk about their experiences with the game for a well rounded show. This is not a review show, it's more of an overview. So if you're looking for hard hitting, expletive spewing critiques, you have to look elsewhere. This is one of the few systems that has had games released for it at a steady clip from the late 70s to the present day, so the podcast is guaranteed to never, ever end. Please check out 2600gamebygamepodcast.blogspot.com for all you need to get started listening, and I thank you for doing that. Have you played Atari today? The one thing is funny, because every year they each have a team captain, right? Right. The team captain was probably their biggest one of their bigger stars from that network. Right. And taking a look at the team captains, you yeah. go back in history, it's like more snapshots. And so I was kind of looking through that list and I was like thinking like, wow, these people were just monster huge growing up. Top of the game. My kids probably would have no idea who any of these people are. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you look at like Gabe Kaplan, Telly Savalas, Robert Conrad. Jimmy Walker. Jimmy yeah. Walker. <laughs> you know, Tony Randall. Jamie Farr. You're right, exactly. Clay Stevenson. I mean, these are people that you talk to anybody who's a Gen X and you say these names, they going to instantly flash back to a TV show or something where they saw them in. The one thing also from back then to today, which I think is kind of different, which is you didn't have the bleed over from movies to TV. Like either you were a TV star or you were a movie star. Right. In fact, movie right? stars like I don't do TV. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so all these people were just super famous TV people. Yeah. I mean, it, even the term TV, they had the lovingly parent child relationship. The movie was the big screen <laughs> and TV was the small screen. Right. Exactly. And you kind of graduate into movies yes, if you're good enough. Exactly. Right. Yeah. If you've developed your acting chops, you know, on whatever local cop show or the soap opera of the day or whatever, then maybe somebody would take a chance on you and turn you into a movie star. And if that happened, you never had to do <laughs> Battle of the Network Stars right. ever again. Yeah. I, I don't have to grovel and do the stupid TV show ever again. I'm a movie star now, right? Right. <laughs> I think for me watching this Battle of the Network Stars, I definitely watched it any time that I, I saw it coming oh, on. Oh, yeah. 
There's nothing else on. <laughs> the feeling of watching these, seeing these TV stars, you know, seeing, you know, Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk, but seeing him doing something else. It was yeah. like the same feeling I get, like when you'd see your teacher in the grocery store. Yeah, they look different. Like you almost don't recognize them. Yeah, it's like you, you, you exist outside of the world I know you in. This is so weird. Mm-hmm. You know, that you're, you're actually when out. When we were talking about the radio formats and how we would listen and consume music back in the day, you would see your radio disc jockey. See a disc some jockey somewhere. Place. Yeah. Like, wait, right. I know that voice. Is that you? You look completely different from your voice. Yeah. <laughs> I remember something they always did that I thought was cool that I didn't need because I was a TV addict. Like if Linda Carter was competing and she was doing the long jump or something in the corner, they put a little picture of Wonder Woman and go, in case you don't know, Linda Carter is known right. as the Wonder Woman. You know, like, I know who that is. It was almost like the first versions of pop-up video. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> here's what you know her from and here's what she does. I'm like, I know that. But it was almost like we were in on the same joke, even though it was obvious that like, hey, you know, this is the same woman that does this thing. I, I know that. That's why she's here. But you're like, it's like reminding you and saying, this is why this is special. This is why these people are here together. So let's talk about what these stars, once they were assembled and Howard Cosell was presiding over the festivities, uh, what they did. We mentioned it was very much kind of Olympic-y. You had your typical, you know, tennis and bowling and running and obstacle course and stuff like that. Do you guys remember some of your favorite events from watching this network stars battle <laughs> i remember my two favorites for sure okay good lay it on us my two favorites first one was the kayaking i love the kayaking because those people <laughs> just watching them in those inflatable kayaks you know because it wasn't even like a real like canoe or kayak it was just this blown up thing that you were like it's gonna get a hole and leak or something's gonna happen the kayaking always reminded me of the uh did you ever see those nature specials where the baby turtles are trying to swim the first time <laughs> that's <laughs> when they can't like go straight these people because they can barely keep a straight line as they're going through the water. George, did you enjoy the kayaking because it was kayaking, it was inflatable kayaks, or because of the inability of the people to kayak? Oh, of course, it was because they kept fucking it up. (laughs) (laughs) That was the only reason to watch. It was like watching a car crash, you know? You really don't want anybody to get hurt, but I was so waiting for somebody to drown (laughs) in that pool. It never happened. But so what, what was your other favorite event? You said you had two. Well, yeah, the ending event, the tug of war. Oh, the big By tug of war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My I favorite thing in the show. I mean, watching the people, you know, their hand, the skin getting ripped from their hands. And the anchor guy tying the rope around his waist, usually, and trying to and walk backwards. through the mud. <laughs> and of course, if Lou Ferrigno was... At the end, everybody's like, well, yep. hell, it's over. We have, we have lost. <laughs> <laughs> lose, lose on the other side. Put everybody else on our side. We still lose. <laughs> Mo, favorite events? So I always liked like the things that were kind of the takeoffs of like real events, like the swimming. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Like that. Yeah. Because one is you got to see a lot of the actresses and bathing suits, which, hey. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Especially right? at that age. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But also it surprised me how many of them were actually really good at it. Yeah. You know, sure. There's always a few that 50, you're 50. like, wow, this is yeah. like, he's like a real swimmer. <laughs> yeah. Or he could, yep. he's actually like doing something pretty amazing. I always loved Howard Cosell when he would talk during those events and it would be the actress doing something like you said, the bathing suits or whatever. He would always, this is Howard Cosell. And now we see Heather Thomas with her flowing hair running down <laughs> the track. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? Is this a fashion show or a sporting competition? <laughs> it was so funny to me, almost creepy a little bit the way he would describe the women as they were doing the events. And the other one I loved just because I was a, a child was the uh, ball dunk. You know, where they throw the baseball and the person gets dunked and then someone from the other oh, network oh, was sitting on it. Booth. Yeah. Dunking yeah. booth. Thank you, yeah. thank you. The dunking booth. Just because as a kid, it's just, one is that they would actually do a lot of smack talking during that mm-hmm. time. You oh know, yeah, of like, course. Oh, you can't yeah. throw. And then when the person finally 
finally get dunked, it was just hilarious. Yeah. Robert Conrad was really good as the smack talker in that event. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I remember I that. specifically remember him being in the booth and just talking shit nonstop. Unsurprisingly for Robert Conrad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one that I, I didn't remember seeing, but now I'm captivated to want to go back and, and see is when I was doing research, a regular event was Simon Says. Do you guys remember yeah. this at all? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. Apparently they had this that. entertainer from uh, from some famous hotel. It was like the MC there. He did the Simon Says stuff and he would have them do that. If you remember, George, I want to know more. Tell me about it. Well, I just remember them doing it. And I remember it happened. Okay. the guy that you talk about. Apparently, they, I remember them talking talking, I thought, in one of the episodes as to why they chose him, because he had done that event at that hotel for years and years oh, during all the oh, holiday so seasons. Hollywood celebrities the knew about him and guy. his Simon Says games. Yeah. I see. He was yeah. just that guy who could get you to mess up no matter what. It was almost a challenge to try and beat him. <laughs> it wasn't about staying alive until the end. It was like, can we do better than the guy who's hosting the Simon Says competition? Oh, I see. Can we outdo him? Gotcha. <laughs> so throughout the game, what would happen is each event would happen and you get, you'd get a certain amount of score. Points would tally up and then toward the end of the game the lowest scoring network they were out yeah and that's when it came down to george you said one of your favorites the tug of war was always between whoever had the the highest two scorers would compete mm-hmm. that would be the winner i even read in one of the seasons the two competing teams were at such a point with their uh, scores that if one team won it would be a tie and if the other team won they would win the <laughs> match because they were so far ahead right so imagine winning the final match is the only way you can even tie for winning but that happened yeah, one year because the final <laughs> event wasn't a okay the teams have worked hard and now we're down to the final two and this it's a winner take all event it wasn't that it was still a pointed it's event, all points so, based it was all points yeah, based yep it yep. was pretty fun let's meet them beginning with the captain of the ABC team for so many years captain of the Starship Enterprise. Hi, I'm William Shatner, T.J. Hooker on ABC. And I'll arrest anybody who beats us. Hi, I'm Steve Collins. I play Jake Cutter on Tales of the Gold Monkey. And we have, aside from the best cast, the best dog in show business on our show. Hi, my name's Helen Hunt, and I play Lisa Quinn on It Takes Two. ABC is going to go for it and win this. Could you use a helping hand on your next electronics project? Quad Hands is the ultimate third-hand helping hands vice and hobby station. The first thing you'll notice is how heavy a quad hands is. It's made from solid steel and then coated with a baked-on powder coat for a durable finish. And the rubber feet are going to keep it from sliding on your bench and give you a nice, sturdy work surface. Those flexible all-metal gooseneck arms feature rotating alligator clips to hold your boards and wires firmly in place. And removable silicone covers come pre-installed on those clips to protect those delicate wires and boards. And those arms can be put anywhere you need them, no fumbling around with awkward joints that are difficult to position. The Quad Hands was designed to help you do your best work. It's built to last right here in the USA and backed by a lifetime guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Order yours today from Amazon or quadhands.com. Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners can save 20%. Just use offer code GENXUP20. That's G-E-N-X-U-P-2-0. For your next project, let a quad hands hold what your hands create. You know, we talked an awful lot about the events, but what about the people that participated in the events? Who were your favorite celebrities on Battle of the Network Stars? Wow. I got to say for me, it was always, maybe a no-brainer, it was always the people who were in the shows that I loved the most. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, mm-hmm. right? Sure. So, I mean, Credible Hulk, I love seeing Bill Bixby or Lou Ferrigno just because I can't get enough of them. I love their show. I love what they're doing. I love seeing Linda Carter, of course, as Wonder Woman, uh, Lee Majors, who at that time he was probably doing 
fall guy. That's why he was representing the time he was on. But Six Million Dollar Man was not very far past. And in my yeah. mind, Lee Majors is always Six Million Dollar Man. So whoever I was most <laughs> enjoying on TV at the time was the ones it was neatest to see them in uh, uh, in the battle. Yeah, I mean, my favorites are probably, I mean, Lou Ferrigno, I don't know why, just because he's a bodybuilder, obviously. And when you see him out there, he just looked huge. Yeah. I mean, compared to all these other actors. I also like Robert Conrad just because he seemed like he had a good sense of humor about the thing. Like he was right. serious, but he was having fun as well. And he yeah. was like, rarely a scene you see him talking to another one of the competitors and they weren't laughing. Yeah. He was like making fun of them <laughs> or making fun of himself. I mean, to me, he was just a fun one to watch. What about you, George? I, I think mine's kind of an off the radar guy. I always liked Greg Evans. I don't know why. He was the guy, wasn't he the guy that did BJ and the Bear? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So Boy, I don't know why, but <laughs> well, he was like an actual, he was athletic. He was one of the few, because that was the thing about the show. There weren't a ton of athletes on these teams. You know, you'd have the people you're like, okay, apparently the camera adds 40 pounds and makes you completely unathletic at the same time because <laughs> there's no re. Well, you would see them in their show and they were doing all these special stunts. And as a young person, you didn't understand it was a different person doing that necessarily. You know, you thought it was them sometimes doing that stuff and it was very rarely ever them, especially like in the track and field events, man, he could run around that track and he was always the score point guy for his team. I don't know why. I just always liked seeing him on there. And then just watching Lou Ferrigno, of course, Yeah, I think he's all of our favorites. Lou Ferrigno, Battle of the Network Stars. How do you get any better than that? Yeah, absolutely. Especially seeing him in the tug of war. (laughs) Right. He's always the anchor. There's no way. Why wouldn't you? It seemed like the later it went in in the episodes, it's just, it's natural, I guess, based on you had these established celebrities. So in the first few episodes, you had Penny Marshall and you had, you Mm -hmm. know, Dan Haggerty and Sonny Bono and Telly Savalas. You had people who were kind of these icons. And then later it was like they had done it and they weren't all coming back. And you started getting, I I read like some of the, the, like the last season and I see these names and I'm like, okay, Rebecca Arthur, Alice Beasley, Kristen Alfonso, Clifton Davis. Like, like, who? Who are these people? <laughs> There's so few just iconic character actors because they had all done it. And plus, by that point, they were six, seven, eight years older and yeah. maybe didn't want to go out and break a hip, maybe. Sure. Yeah. They had done it. Or maybe they had become movie stars. They didn't want to do this. Well, maybe there was something behind the scenes, too. We talked about it being a real competition. Maybe the people putting the teams together for their respective networks said, I'm tired of losing to ABC. Let's get I'm our best athletes. Yeah. Regardless Scott Bayo, you're out of here. here. Yeah. I'm sick also, of Chachi screwing it up for the rest of us. <laughs> don't also forget that when the 80s started coming around is when cable TV started as well. So the networks as the networks was starting to lose their It started to dilute a little bit of the star sure. power. Yeah, that's a really yeah. good point I hadn't thought of too, Mo. Oh, man. It, so it seemed like the later it went, the less kind of magical it got. So I, I'm not surprised that it kind of petered out a bit, but it didn't like die. Yeah. First, I have to tell you, maybe the best thing to come out of Battle of the Network Stars was Hanna-Barbera's Laugh Olympics for me. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Love Laugh Olympics. What was it, Snagglepuss? That was my favorite character on Laugh Olympics was Snagglepuss. <laughs> that was directly inspired right out of Battle of the Network Stars. Yeah, I mean, not I just not like that. maybe. It was it was ABC and Battle of the Network Stars was huge for, yeah, huge for ABC. And so it's like, yeah. why wouldn't we do a thing for kids? And it was awesome. It was just amazing. It was. 
So what were the three team names? Oh, goodness. Oh, oh you put me on the spot. Three yeah. team names. The thing I loved about that, though, is to see all these characters from different shows together, all the different cartoons and stuff. And it was the same magic. Show. It was the characters yeah. from all the different mm-hmm. places in one place. That was it. They don't belong in the same spot. I'm not looking up the team names. Go for it. You don't, George. Later there was on. the Scooby Doobies. Yes, yes. Okay. okay. The Really yep. Rottens. The Really Rottens. Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I cannot remember the third team name. I, it was Yogi Bear, I think, maybe was the captain of the third team, but I can't remember for sure. I'll, I'll look it up. I give you full credit for remembering those. <laughs> so, yeah, I do. Uh, you were so close. Okay. Scooby Doobies, the Really Rottens, and the Yogi Yahooies. Yogi Yahooies. I forget that. <laughs> yeah, but yep. I mean, Laugh Olympics was the same thing. It was, it was like, look at these characters from these different shows all together in one place, living in the same universe, doing this bizarre thing together. That was one I would watch. And it was it was the same thing every time. It was all them trying to screw each other over, and the Really Rottens were cheating, and they never won. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, of the really the really Rottens really won. Time. Yeah. Yes, they did win. They probably didn't deserve it. They're probably because they were being nice. That's a lesson. <laughs> no, I think they cheated and won. But to me, I was like, wow, that's okay. so like life. Finally. Finally. <laughs> life. That's it. Heavens to hilarity. This is it, sports fans. Participants even. Television's greatest array of stars. Laugh Olympics presents the round the world triple team competition between the Yogi Yahoois, the Scooby Doobies, and the Really Rockies. The players are on the field, in the stadium even. So let's get on with it. Laugh Olympics. Drawn and Paneled is a brand new comic book focused podcast from Gen X Grown Up. Hey, I'm George. And I'm Jason. Every Wednesday, we bring you news, reviews, interviews, insight, and commentary on the comic books we love. And we cover everything from the golden age to the modern age. If you're a comic book fan who enjoys going beyond the page to learn about the history and creators who bring the characters to life, we're for you. You can find Drawn and Paneled wherever you listen to podcasts or on our website at Gen X Grown Up. Talk to you guys soon. Shortly after the end of Battle of Network Stars, uh, CBS tried their hand at something called Circus of the Stars. Oh, God. Oh, that was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) That was among the most uncomfortable I've ever been watching celebrities do something. Jeez. It just didn't feel right. I mean, it was that clearly these TV celebrities were not circus performers, nor could they train animals. And you always kind of saw the animal trainer there with them. So it's like, really, they were just standing by being a celebrity actor. Right. Like they the were. thing was that the Circus of the Stars always seemed like these were the actors that were trying to increase their popularity. As opposed to being popular and being on the show. Right, yeah, exactly. It seemed like it was trying to try to do the other way around. Like, oh, look, right. not only am I this B actor, but I can jump on a trampoline. I can juggle. <laughs> I just always wanted whoever was doing the dangerous circus event, I just wanted them to get injured. That's all I cared about for that show. It's like, are you breathing fire? I hope you set your face on fire. Are you in there with the wow. lion? I hope he eats you. I just I really dislike that. Harsh, really, but hey, you know, just take a step back, for instance, like with the uh, network stars, though, I always rooted against the actors that were on like all the soap operas because mm, okay. to me, that just took up good TV time. <laughs> <laughs> there could be so much better TV on than soap operas. You know, Nas Landing, I could care less about that. I just want to see you lose because you don't I deserve I want to see it. them lose. You know, maybe the show will get canceled. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's 
brutal, those poor soap opera stars. They work so hard, Mo. <laughs> hey, I'd rather see Man from Atlantis, okay? I agree. 100%. Patrick Duffy. You know who was never on Battle of the Network Stars, and I don't know why? Who? I don't remember seeing anyone from Saturday Night Live represented on Battle of the Network Stars. Jane Curtin was on. Was she really? Oh, okay. was she? Yeah, okay. That was when oh. she had, she was off Saturday Night Live, though. She had her own TV sitcom at so the time. So that doesn't count, then. Well, she was on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but no, somebody <laughs> who was on Saturday Night Live at the time they were on Battle the of the time. Network Stars. Oh, okay. Uh, I would like, say probably I not. don't remember seeing Eddie Murphy running down the track in his gumby no, suit. No, no, no. That never seemed to happen. Maybe in an SNL skit they did, but not sure. on Battle of the Network Stars. There were several attempts at revivals, some surprisingly recently that I found out and <laughs> looking into here. Right. Let's start back at the beginning. So in 2003, NBC, oddly enough, did a two-hour special where they tried to revive Battle of the Network Stars. Did they really? Did you hear about it? Really? I didn't hear about it. I, I, I don't remember. I don't apparently, remember being on TV. not much happened. <laughs> uh, and then a couple years later, in 2005, ESPN did a Battle of the Gridiron Stars, which was kind of a, a, a twist on it. They took football celebrities and had them doing non-football events. Okay, so that's different than the one I was thinking of. The one I was thinking of was Pros versus Joes, which was another similar battle kind of show, but it was taking athletes and pitting them against everyday people. So, right. Yep. Okay. Right. That was an, right. that was another riff off of it. Yep. Exactly. Then in 2005, again, they did Battle of the Network reality stars. Since stupid reality TV oh. was blowing up, you know they had all these people that had their 15 minutes of fame, and they wanted five more minutes, so <laughs> they would get together and be from yeah. all these different. <laughs> I want my 15 plus five. That had to be right around the time of like when they had the celebrity box and all that kind of craziness too. Yes, of course. Yeah, it's like, what stupid things can we... And you know, all of that was, I bet, trying to recapture the magic of the Battle of the Network stars. But mm-hmm. you know, as Mo pointed out, this was all post-cable, post-extra you know, extra networks, and it just, it wasn't the same. Yeah. And I think that really, really rings true when we get to the most earnest attempt to resurrect network stars is in 2017. <laughs> this was totally not on my radar. I don't even remember this thing being oh, on. Oh yeah, I watched them as they came out. Did you really? Okay. Yeah. So George, you did. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you saw it, you're best to tell us about it. Tell us about the 2017 revival. Well, it was weird because they did two teams instead of three, first of all. Yep. And they brought in these different people. For They tried to lump them into genres. So it was more like, okay, action stars versus soap opera like stars, like Moe's favorite yeah. people. Okay. And, or famous female ass kickers versus famous male intelligence actors. I don't know. They did these weird combobulated things. Each team had a special sports person who was their coach, so to speak, like Ronda Rousey from MMA and wrestling fame yeah, was yeah, one yeah. of the okay. coaches. And then there was another guy who was like a football player or something. I can never remember who he was. Demarcus Ware. Was it? Okay. See, I still don't know who he is. You can say his name 20 times. I'm not going to know who the fuck he was. He <laughs> played for the Broncos. Oh, okay. <laughs> they had these episodes. They were independent of each other. There was not like, just like with the original Battle of the Network Stars, you didn't, you know, one team won this episode. So then they were the champions in the next episode. They didn't do any of that. And the worst thing about these shows was that original Battle of the Network Stars, they had a crowd. They had an audience there on site. Yeah. Root of they oh, had yeah. no yeah, like bleachers full of people. They had nobody. This was like at some oh. college and like on the side of a hill near the Pacific Ocean. They just used like their extra, like the quad at every university. You know, they used that space <laughs> to set these things up. The obstacle course was pathetic. That was the ending event. Well, there was also a tug of war, but it was a joke. It was really just a pale 
comparison of the original. It was mm. not very good. I watched every single episode hoping that it would get better. <laughs> <laughs> Never did. Well, and this is, uh, that's a good point that you say it's episodic. This one was, wasn't just a special. It was 10 episodes that ran mm-hmm. over the course of a season. So it was actually was like a whole season. And one thing I thought was funny is like, you know how they see shit, yeah, they broke them into like groups, right? There's one group called Variety. You're right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you don't fit anywhere. What the hell you qualify as? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now you're on this team. You're the mystery Variety versus TV team. sex symbols. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's even worse. I forgot about that. Right. It's like, here's all the pretty people and here's all the people with <laughs> great personalities. <laughs> I think it was just trying to capture that whole reality TV thing or something, you know? Yeah. It was. It was trying to take an old format, turn it into something sensational, and they did such a horrible job because I don't care what you're doing. If you have a sporting event and you have no live crowd watching the sporting event. What's the point? Nobody cares. It's yeah, awful. Right. It's terrible. It's like, I love MMA, but the first preliminary fights, which are generally the better fights because the guys are out there trying their best and they're trying to do something awesome. They're kind of a little bit boring because none of the crowd has gotten there yet for the main event. I see. So there's like all these empty seats everywhere and the noise level isn't as high. I know some events, they pipe in fake crowd noise to make it sound <laughs> better and all, but they couldn't even do that with this because there was no crowd at all. Couldn't fake it. <laughs> Maybe it's because nobody wanted to see it. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> I don't think they even had this planned. I think they just woke up one morning and said, hey, let's let's do something with some people running through some water. What are you doing today? Yeah, let's go out back and run around the woods. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking through this list too. They're all like kind of like B-listers for the most part, aren't they? B-listers and has-beens, yeah. I mean, it well, wasn't. I hate to say that, but yeah, because I'm looking like Jimmy Walker was in it. <laughs> he was. Jimmy Walker. Walker was in it and he was pretty funny in the episode, but they even had some, like they did this one event where they ran around the track. It was a relay race. So each person ran around once and then the anchor leg had to run around the track twice. So that's a quarter of a mile and then a half a mile, I think, because it in a, a track is usually a quarter of a mile long. Yep. Right. Yeah. Something like that. So yeah. The funniest part about that was these guys couldn't finish one lap of the track. Oh. <laughs> they would just like break down on the third leg or something. They just like, oh, that's all I got. Stitches in their side and laying over on the side and then the whoever the sport host was for the team like if it was Ronda Rousey or the football guy or whatever they would like run over to him and try and encourage him to get back up and finish it for the human spirit and no nah, fuck you that was awful no, pass I'm rich bitch I ain't running <laughs> I'm Jimmy Walker yeah <laughs> remember one worth of the pool in goes Heather Thomas Heather Thomas an excellent swimmer but Heather Thomas being quickly over taken by a brilliant swimmer, Bruce Boxleitner. Boxleitner getting the lead. Boxleitner touching off and giving the lead. But Joan Van Ork in the middle lane. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know. So if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. If you have a friend who hasn't yet discovered Gen X Grown Up, tell them about us. They will thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show. So hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. 
That's going to just about put a bow on our uh, backtrack looking at Battle of the Network, Network Stars. stars. <sighs> just like we looked at the ways that people try to do revivals and, you know, riffs on it and whatever. Back we did a backtrack about video game arcades. We, we talked about the fact that you can stand up a cabinet, you can put a quarter in it and play it, but you just can't duplicate the environment that was going on in the world at the time mm. that really makes arcades yep. magical. And I think that's probably the case for these Battle of the Network Stars. You're never going to go back to just three superpower networks. You're never going to go back yeah. to that kind of star power in TV. I don't think people even identify shows with networks that much anymore. I certainly don't. they'll TiVo it. Yeah, right. That's why they have it, to have the little things in the bottom right corner to let you know what network it's on because yeah. otherwise you wouldn't even That's think right. about if it not for the time. semi-transparent bug, I wouldn't know where the hell I'm seeing yeah. this from. That's right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like anything, we've talked about we were sitting around talking conventions and people said I hate the new Star Wars or I hate the new Star Trek. The great thing is if you don't like the new stuff, the old stuff's not gone. It's still there. Yeah. <laughs> sure. True. You can still go back and enjoy that. And so if you grew up in Gen X, you're never going to get Battle of the Network Stars again. But let me tell you, it's fun to go back in small bursts and watch some of those old ones. Oh They're on God. YouTube. You can find yeah. them. It, it's fun. It's a kind of innocence that is gone. It's a kind of star power that's kind of gone in TV a little bit. It's worth remembering. It's worth reminiscing about. And I'm glad we picked this as a backtrack. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Lot, I had a lot of fun thinking back and all that stuff. Before we leave, I absolutely have to give a quick shout out and thank you to all of our patrons who support us over on Patreon. I'm talking about Corey and Dana and Jessica and Marcus and Roe and Stuart and Stian and Tom who joined us as a supporter on Patreon Woo. recently. Thank all of you for taking the time and taking a couple dollars out of your wallet to help us and keep the lights on here at Gen X Grown Up. We could not thank you. Thank enough. you. We love you. That's going to wrap it up. I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, always appreciate you, brother. Oh man, this was a lot of fun. And fourth listener, you know we appreciate you most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? No games, no puns. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. This podcast is an affiliate of the GWW Radio Network. Visit Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, TV, cosplay, and more. All right, here's the wrap up. What are we going to talk about? Uh, we'll talk about that we were eager to get our curly whirly bars. And <clears throat> in five, four, three. All right. I th don't start with all right, you fucking amateur. In five, four, three. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing, to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!